0: Well, acquired day on the markets again today ahead of the FOMC meeting tomorrow morning. But also, the data from the US wasn't that great overnight, which hasn't upset the markets too much. But things are looking a lot better in Australia. The payrolls data yesterday was very promising. So maybe there will be a smooth transition out of JobKeeper when it happens. And the US standing together with Australia against China. That might change the dynamic a little. It's Wednesday, the 17th of March, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, not much movement in the U.S. dollar or any currency, really. The euro is 0.2% weaker. The Canadian dollar, 0.2% stronger, but that's about it, really. Whoopity-doo. Not much movement in bond yields, either. Ten-year treasuries are two basis points less. But Aussie, ten years. We'll talk about them down ten basis points and uh, in shares this... Counter cyclical thing continues. Well, it was. Then it switched back a bit, little bit. The Nasdaq was 0.8 percent stronger an hour or so back. It's weaker now, but not as weak as the Dow, which is down about 0.4 percent. But shares are up in Europe, 0.5 percent for the Euro stocks, 50 0.8 percent for the Footsie 100. and oil, down again, losing a little more than 0.8 uh, percent. So. Two questions for David De who joins me, director of economics for markets at NAB in Melbourne at, at the moment. Well, two questions to start. With. I've obviously got loads of questions morning, Phil, David De Morning. So <laughs> my first question is why the movement in uh, in Aussie bond yields? Well, you know, given the around the world we're not seeing a great deal of, of movement. But before we do that, before you answer that one, let's look at let's start with these tech stocks because uh, well the, the the Nasdaq 100. Lost around eleven percent in February, and uh, but now it's in the last few days it's gained around seven percent. So yes. while banks and industrials are down much more today, Boeing, for example, lost more than five point five percent today. So this uh, this rotation seems to have ended. Does it, is it ended just because it's found its level? Uh, tech it, stocks have gone as low as they're going to go.
1: There is a lot of rotation going on. So just looking here a few minutes ago, Phil, um, you know the Nasdaq was up and S and P and the Dow were down, and now Nasdaq's down by. Half percent. And the New York FANG index is also off by 0.3%. So I don't know if we can read too much of that on on the day. I think you know, there's a lot of cash still looking for a home. And um, mm-hmm. as you said, there's a lot of mini rotation going on on an in, intraday, intraday sort of basis. So um, I wouldn't read too much into that necessarily. I think really the big story is, what's going to happen to bond yields from here and is is that going to uh, frighten investors particularly for the um stocks that have particularly benefited from low bond yields, like uh, Nasdaq stocks and so forth,
0: because oh, there is still going to be demand for tech. Obviously, it's not a case that everyone's bailing out. Absolutely, uh, absolutely.
1: You know? It's just that you know the pandemic effect on um, on those particular stocks. You know, a lot of that's going to be well, something that's going to be unwound. So, yeah, that's something the market still has to deal with, as well as valuations. Of, of course. course, we'll still
0: be zooming though, still zooming more than we were before. That's for we sure. Will. We will, <laughs> indeed. So the uh, the bond yield story then for Australia. So. Is that is that currency related because we've got a slightly weak aussie dollar or is it a a, a mix of the uh, uh the the minutes of the uh it, it, well the, the fomc meeting coming up or lower commodity prices or was it something to do with the rba minutes yesterday multiple choice question
1: yeah look it's um or or, or d none of or d none of, none none of, none of the no. none, none, none of the above oh, you know okay. uh, given the multiple choice question um I think, you know, the the Aussie bond market has sort of taken to heart now a little bit more Um, the guidance from the Reserve Bank, you know, that they're going to keep rates steady for quite some period of time. So that might have drifted through a little bit more towards medium to to longer-end bonds. But the numbers that we had, the sort of things that we look at from the point of view of, you know, what affects, you know, bond prices on the day, you had the Aussie payrolls report for um, – Uh, late February, that was still quite a good report. So yields would normally be steady to fractionally higher on the back of that, I would have thought. You know, all states uh, have uh, payroll numbers higher than where they were before the pandemic, apart from Victoria. And the the, the minutes from the RBA, we've heard a lot from the Reserve Bank recently. So I don't think the general policy guidance was any different at all there. Uh, A couple of things that we took from that, Phil. One is that on yield curve control, you know, the the anchoring of that to the 10 basis points, you know, what happens as time marches on and the April 24 bond, uh, get shorter and shorter in duration. Well, they're going to have to address that issue in 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 the months ahead, probably through the middle of this year. But two things are made clear there. One is they're not getting rid of um, it completely and they're maintaining the 10 basis points. And also a little snippet on the labour market from them, suggesting that a lot of the big companies have already made their um uh, adjustments on uh, uh, employment levels ahead of the end of JobKeeper, so they're not s- expecting a sustained increase in the uh, in the unemployment rate when JobKeeper ends after the end of March. Right.
0: Well, that that would be good news, isn't it? if We have a smooth transition because I think this. I don't know what the figures are now. I know a month ago it was about 1.5 million people are still still on
1: JobKeeper, so it would be nice if less. Uh, less. I think yeah. we're, we're below a million. The last figures I saw. Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: So we are. It is smoothing out, isn't it? Which would be
1: great. Yeah. Yeah. Well. 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 well Thursdays. Thursday's employment level, will, uh, employment numbers will, will throw a bit more light on how things are progressing, but obviously we need to know after the end of so March. So
0: while things are looking very good in Australia, things are not looking quite so good in the US, are they? Where we had been getting good data, but not so much in the last 24 yeah. hours. So we, we look at retail sales down 3% month on month, much worse than anticipated, but uh, with the yes. vaccines, I guess that's going to bounce back quickly. But industrial production month on month in the US, also down a fair bit, down 2.2% month on month. Now much movement in the NAHB housing index either, it's also down. We've been getting used to getting better data and it seems to have shifted a little.
1: Yeah, look, if you just looked at the um, changes in the month of uh, February in the case of retail sales and industrial production, you would think those numbers were disappointing. And indeed, the NAHB uh, index for March, um, that was a little bit softer than expected at 82 compared to 84 uh, expected That also is a little bit softer. But I think in the case of all of those indicators, Phil, it's been very much affected by the um, horrific storms that um, the US had. You know, we know that um, you know, people just didn't go out, right? So in the case of the housing uh, index, you know, they're just not completing sales. And in fact... Um, the index that actually rose was the future sales index in the NIH, Nahb uh, report, um, but you know mortgage applications are coming down. So as those bond yields go up, that's weighing on affordability there, and the retail sales numbers uh, almost completely offset by an upward revision to. Um, To January, you know, from the the stimulus checks, and there's a lot more in that pot that still could be spent, and more, of course, now with the uh, the fourteen hundred dollar checks that are going out as we speak. So, those numbers are going to be very interesting, and I don't think it's going to lead to any sort of significant sort of revision beyond, you know, the month-to-month moves uh, as far as growth is concerned.
0: Well, and yeah, the Atlanta Fed uh, GDP Mm. Now prediction has moved down quite sharply, hasn't it, for Q1 from 8.4 down to 5.9. And this is like in a week that's gone down.
1: Yes, it did. Now, that tracks what the very latest data is. They don't plug in what they think March will be and what effect that might have on that index. So um you know it's just reflecting the numbers on the day so you, you absolutely you would expect uh, that to be revised down so consumption revised down from what seven and a half percent to just under five percent annualized in q1 but let's see after march and um as those 1400 hundred dollar stimulus checks uh, find their way into spending so i don't think it'll affect Medium-term medium term forecast too much at all.
0: Still a lot of interest in uh, in bonds, which is uh, which is just as well, isn't it? When uh, you know, there's 1.9 trillion of them coming down the pipeline. So we had the 20-year yeah. bond auction uh, an hour or so back, 27 billion worth, uh, a bid-to-cover ratio of 2.5. Last time it was 2.1, so more interest and a high yield, 2.29%. Mm-hmm. Last month it was 1.92%.
1: Nothing to frighten the horses there, really, from that from that uh, that sale. Phil, so as yeah. you mentioned there. The, the bid cover ratio and also the fact that yields were probably two points tighter than what they were um, from prior to the, to the sale of those twenty-year bonds. So uh, I think that was that was reasonably successful. But um, of course, you know, a lot of issuance still to come in this market. So. Um, we're going to be talking about this for a long while yet. Well, if no one wants them,
0: I know there's a, I know, there's a bank I know uh, that's quite happy to buy them for you. Uh, <laughs> the
1: <laughs> FRMC
0: meeting tomorrow morning, which happened yeah, actually yeah. just before our podcast, so hot on the hot on the heels of the FRMC, will be out tomorrow morning. But mm. we, what, what are you expecting? What will you be looking out for there?
1: Oh, look! I think the main things that uh, we'll be looking for is one: uh, we still expect. Powell to be sort of somewhat optimistic, but he'll he'll have his usual cautious tone about you know the long road ahead to get to maximum employment levels, inclusive uh, maximum employment, full employment if you want to call it that. Um, so that that's the tone that we expect him to strike uh, at the at the press conference. They'll revise up their forecast for this year on the back of the stimulus. I think that's exactly what the market expects. And the market's particularly interested in um, those dot plots, Phil. So, um, how many more, uh, if if there are any, will bring forward their expectation that rates will rise before the end of uh, two thousand and twenty two, let alone two thousand and twenty three? So, um, at the moment, only one expected the first rise in two thousand and twenty two. So. The market will be looking at that on the day um, and there'll be a lot of questioning of Powell at the press conference about that. And one technical aspect is the supplementary, what's called the supplementary leverage ratio that um, banks uh, last April were given 12 months relief on um, their capital adequacy rules in regard to treasury security holdings. So that helped calm bond market nerves at the time. So the question is do they extend that? I think that's Probably likely if it uh, helps, ra- rather than uh, test bond market nerves. It's a yeah. little bit of a technical adjustment. Something the market certainly looking out for. It's
0: not the good time to be testing nerves. Look at uh, the <laughs> no. relationship between China <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and and Australia. Well, the US looks like they've waded in more than they ha- did do in the in the previous presidency. So Joe Biden's man in this region and in the Australian region, Kurt Campbell, uh, saying, "Yeah, uh, yep, they are not going to leave Australia alone in the field." Uh, I guess, I mean, it can't, it'll come as no surprise to China that Australia and the US are allies, but getting more support from the US, yes, uh, yes. you know, maybe that'll change the dynamic a little.
1: I, I, I think so. I think it was quite an interesting development, wasn't it? That, mm. um, you know, you've got this uh, multilateral support for Australia rather than being left out on on their on their own to um contend with the you know the, the trade challenges that australia faced you know over the past what twelve to 18 months so i think that's that's quite an interesting development and of course you've had australia um u s um, um, japan and india getting together to consider these sort of issues as well as um, political strategic defense issues you know this week i think at the end of this week meeting in alaska so um, a very interesting development, to say the least.
0: Yeah, and there is. You know, if you like uh, geopolitics with your breakfast, there's lots of it around to, because of the, the Houthi rebels still very active on the edge of Saudi Arabia. And then just reading just now that North Korea is preparing for its first weapons test of the Biden presidency. So, right. so let's see how that goes down. Look, on the, uh, the, the interesting thing about uh, Saudi Arabia... I mean, where is oil going? I mean, I, I have read in the last uh, couple of days mm. predictions anywhere from from below $60 to, to $100. Yes. Uh, yes, uh, yes, I mean, I, if it got got up to $100, that really is going to spark inflation fears, isn't it? And would obviously slow down the recovery worldwide if that, if well, that really. was happening.
1: It was a huge drag on inflation last year, wasn't it? And um, so, you know, if air travel, really international air travel gets going, and and that's not going to be in the next three months, but over the next, you know, what – Year, one to two years from yep. the vaccine. You know, if Europe can get its act together over the vaccine rollout and so forth, then expect uh, jet fuel demand to pick up. So that should be supportive in time. Is that a 2021 story or a 2022 story? I guess we can debate that. But, well, um, Yeah, we've got plenty of
0: time to debate it, haven't we? Look, US housing absolutely. stats, uh, starts, I should say. Well, they are stats, but they're stats for the housing starts, uh, and uh, building permits as well overnight. Mm. But really, it's the Fed, isn't it? Tomorrow morning, right before tomorrow morning pretty
1: podcast. much pretty much New Zealand GDP yeah. um, on, on uh, Thursday of course as well yeah, yeah.
0: alright yeah. very good uh, great to talk catch yeah. you next time thanks Dave Well do Phil cheers he sounded a bit like he was moving furniture didn't he while he was talking to us today maybe moving house and he didn't want to be stopped perhaps I don't know that's it for today I'm Phil Dobby for now back again tomorrow morning see you then